0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Memphis Hardwood. We are deep into December, and that means, as you know, more and more people are starting to pay attention to the NBA. We here at Memphis Hardwood, we never stop paying attention to the NBA. Even if the NBA is not in session, it doesn't matter. We're going to still talk about the NBA. And in fact, I've been thinking about how excited I am to get back to our Grizzlies oral history project this summer. Nevertheless, Mm. we have some very exciting things to talk about because not only is the attention of Memphis Grizzlies fans Firmly directed back on this team in a way that frankly we didn't see throughout the malaise of the first 25 games. But the entire nation is now talking about the Memphis Grizzlies and in particular number twelve. You know him, you love him. Marvin, get in the mix here, my friend. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Glad to have John ja Morant back. Man, on the court, what a night! Just carving I, folks up.
0: I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I actually had kind of a tweet go viral, which doesn't happen for me very often. I saw that. Yeah, I, know. I saw a, that. <laughs> I was glad because it was really a great. It was, it was a great Memphis hoops day. And for those of you who listen, you know we've got sort of a small but dedicated listenership. You know that the podcast started as Memphis Hardwood to talk about all of the basketball in Memphis and and the long history that we have and connection to the basketball um world in Memphis. And really, Marv, I'd say the thing that motivated me the most to start this podcast and and to and to connect with you to do this was not just John Morant coming to the Grizzlies. That was a big piece of it, but also when Penny Hardaway got the Tigers coaching job. Right. I mean, I know he's been there six seasons, but you know, as he started to get better and the team started to to mature and you could see him maturing Mm -hmm. as a coach, I mean Penny is just destined for greatness. And I don't know if you saw this Morgan, John Fox, one of our good friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and he's in Chicago now filmmaker. Did you see this story? He posted on Twitter today about playing hoops with Penny and at his, Oh yeah. I saw that. Yeah. 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 And he talked and he talked about, um, he talked about how Penny came over and, uh, and he was like, Oh, I'm going to shoot some hoops. And, and so he said, okay, he goes, He goes behind the the house and shoots the basketball over the house. And what did he say? It was like the tagline at the time for the NBA. NBA action is fantastic, I think is what it was. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And Penny
0: absolutely just swishes the ball, right? Can't even see the freaking rim, but he just is that. (laughs) So I knew once Penny came here, right? Even even being aware of Larry Finch, you know, another amazing Memphis basketball luminary who had much, he had better success at the college level than Penny did. Of course, Penny Mm -hmm. went to the NBA and had, you know, Superstar level success. But I knew once Penny came in, realizing even the tough times that some of his predecessor alumni had, special things were going to happen, Marv. Oh, yeah. And my brother, we are on the verge of that with the Memphis Tigers.
1: They're absolutely crushing opponents.
0: Ranked opponents and you may have heard this, we're going to get the job, but, but, but I was texting you last night in the game. And I was like, Mm. (laughs) I mean, I tweeted too. I'm like, Hey, if you want to, if you want to boost, go ahead and flip over to the Tigers game, which was playing at the same time as the Grizzlies game. And Mm. they were just crushing the ever loving crap out of Virginia. I mean, bro, they started, (laughs) it was, it was a 13 to one run to start the game with the Tigers. I mean, they never looked back and coming off this, um, this game against Clemson where they won handily um, mm-hmm. coming off of the Texas A&M game where they just uh, really showed out. They've now beat three ranked opponents, top 25 ranked opponents in a row. Mm-hmm.
1: And the last
0: time that that happened, Marv, do you know what year the last time mm-hmm. this happened where the, where the Tigers beat three ranked opponents in a row? Do you oh, you
1: gotta have uh, been like 84 or something.
0: Nope, it's more, it was more recent than that. You know what year it was? If you really think about it, you know what. year Oh,
1: was. it was two thousand
0: eight. That's exactly when it was.
1: A of special, course. a special year for the
0: Tigers, right?
1: Very special.
0: So almost I mean, as
1: special as they get.
0: Well, exactly. I mean, it is as special as they get. That's that's as far <laughs> as the Tigers have gone, except of course with Larry Finch when they squared off against Bill Walton in nineteen seventy six. I believe it was seventy three. Seventy three.
1: Seventy three.
0: Seventy three.
1: Yeah, but we almost won in two thousand eight. Like, well, exa- we, it
0: was, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. It's like, exactly. oh, it was right there. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Whereas in 73, we like, you know, we, we got beat soundly.
0: Exactly. The most memorable thing from that is when, um, Bill Walton got hurt in that game. I'm pretty sure. And yeah. Larry Finch helped to carry him off the court. I was, yeah, by the way, there's a, there's a book out recently. It's a very technical history book, but it's called Memphis hoops. So if you're interested in this, I think I've mentioned it on the pod before, mm-hmm. um, local CBHS, uh, history, uh, teacher wrote the book. Um, Eric, what I think is his name? And uh, he, he tell, he's got some great interviews with Larry Finch. I mean, he's oh, got wow. some really good stories in there. So maybe I'll like PDF it to you and we can talk about it during the summer. Um, yeah, yeah. I love it. Summer anyway, reading list. Exactly. Um exactly. Tigers are special, Marv. And last night watching this game, um, the Grizzlies obviously got off to a very slow start. Um, I mean, in mm. the first quarter, I mean, I remember during the first quarter, thinking, okay, um, the Grizzlies look great. And and in fact, I was like, oh, this is how we're supposed to be playing. And you could just see everybody was elevating their game. Um, and I mean, I mean, honestly watching that, I was like, I think Jared Jackson's a little nervous. Like mm-hmm. he just looked a little rigid. He remember he bricked those free throws and his like shots were a little long, which just meant he was a little amped up. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was.
0: And I was just like, you know, the Grizzlies are like, Ja looks great, right? Other guys are playing better because he's in the game. And Jaron looks a little bit like, oh, kind of nervous, amped up or whatever. But, you know, throughout the first quarter, you know, the Grizzlies look pretty good. And then, of course, Ja, he plays, I think, three three three-minute stints or something like that and took two minutes off or something or three minutes off in the quarter. And whenever he came out of the game, you were like, oh, (laughs) we've seen this movie before and it yeah. is not a good movie. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just, it wasn't good. Um, And so during that time, I, I was like, we're going to, we're going to start talking about the the Memphis Tigers. <laughs> I just made up my mind. I was like on Memphis, on Memphis hardwood, we are going to start talking about the Memphis Tigers because they're going to have a much better season. Right. So right. I mean, I had basically, and the Tigers were just absolutely crushing it. I mean, it was fantastic. They were, they looked so good, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I just thought, well, this is how it's going to go. This is what we're going to do now. We're going to just have to, because even with John Morant back, this is not going to be, this is not going to be good. And then Marv after the, the Grizzlies. So they went down by 23 last night. Mm-hmm. So at one point it was. Um, New Orleans fifty six, Memphis thirty three, in the middle of the second quarter, towards the end of the second quarter, yeah. Grizzlies narrow the gap a little bit, but ultimately go into the locker room with a twenty, uh, with a twenty point um, gap. That's a lot to make up.
1: It's and- a lot. It was a really dispiriting moment, and I I, I know I kind of had some similar thoughts, you know, and, and and you know, and then you immediately your fallback position is like, well, you know, you can't expect even the great John Morant to be a cure all. And I think is what I texted you. Uh, but then of course he, he absolutely did the, that exact thing. <laughs> 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 Almost single handedly.
0: Morant Morant can cure some things, right? Um, so the Grizzlies come out of the locker room in the second quarter. Um, first possession, Bismack Biombo gets a dunk on a Desmond Bain assist. Uh,
1: second half, Bain, yeah, like second quarter? half. Yeah. Second half. Right
0: out, right up, right beginning of the third quarter. Desmond Bain goes to the line. He hits two free throws. Bismack Biombo makes a seven foot hook shot. John Morant set him up right from the dunker spot, right? Because John Morant Mm -hmm. gets the penetration, gets in there. Then um, Zion Williamson gets a little dunk, right? So, but you know, ultimately the Grizzlies came out and had a nice, they they kind of threw a nice punch, right? And then Mm -hmm. they just they just kept going. Desmond Bain makes a two-point shot. John Morant, two-point shot. Desmond Bain assists. John Morant, two-point shot. Brandon Ingram responds right. Vince Williams comes in, makes a 23 foot uh, three-point jumper. everybody's chipping in and then suddenly, with eight minutes left to go, Grizzlies are down eight points.. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what just happened? <laughs> and then the Grizzlies get it to seven points. And then they sort of battle in that third quarter, right And you're just you're thinking, man, like what's going on? So the Grizzlies kind of stay within that seven-point range. And I've mentioned to you when we were talking with Keith, whenever the Grizzlies are down like by seven points back in the grit and grind air, I always just make a note of that. Because that's all. often it seems like it's a hump you can't get over.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
0: get past that seven-point mark, right? Well, of course, we now have John Moran. And so seven points doesn't seem like that much. No. Going, going into the fourth quarter, however, the Grizzlies are still down. And the Grizzlies are down essentially 10 points. So you think, okay, well, what can we do? We just got to score the ball. So you see Jaron Jackson Jr. really coming out, having a great response. Um, Scores, I think, the first four or six points. Then Desmond Bain makes a three-point shot. So suddenly now we're down to six points. Then Zaire Williams made a little layup there, created his own shot. Xavier Tillman makes a three-pointer. I saw that. Yeah, it's crazy. Bringing it 92-96. So then suddenly we're, we're sort of narrowing this gap, and then John Morant does his thing. Seven minutes left, John Morant comes back into the game, makes an eight-foot, two-point shot. Memphis, 94, New Orleans, 98. Jonas, he gets onto the line. I love Jonas Valanciunas. Me too. He puts, he puts him up by six. Then John Morant gets his free throws, closes the gap there. Brandon Ingram goes to the line. So the Grizzlies are kind of trading blows, but then here comes John Morant, four-foot, two, four two-point shot, 98-102. Then Desmond Bain, driving layup, assist by Xavier Tillman. Memphis, 100. New Orleans, 102. Then you see New Orleans uh, getting in a little bit more. Zion Williamson, okay, it's 104 to 100. And then they go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, then Jaron Jackson Jr. hits the three-pointer, 105-108. John Morant gets to the line, and then he just takes over Marv in the last three and a half minutes. He had three go-ahead buckets in the final minutes of the game. And that was more... um, go-ahead buckets for the basically for the lead or the tie than any other players had in the clutch this season. Yeah. And he just shows you on his first night back after missing eight months of basketball, he shows you and the entire world why he is a top five player in the world. Yep. So John Morant, of course, on the last play, I don't know if you saw this when they got the rebound with about eight seconds left, he wanted to just, he wanted to run the, the length of the floor and just go Taylor mm-hmm. Jenkins called a timeout. Did you see that? I didn't know. And Mr. Ja was, he was frustrated. He he said, oh. and it was more like, man, cause he felt at that moment he could go win the game. And mm-hmm. so, and you probably read some of the coverage, <laughs> they get into the huddle and Ja, Yeah. Is, right. Yeah. He's tanked, right? You saw this. And he Uh, was like, should I, should we, should we get the Paul to Jaron down in the post? And Desmond Bain is like, F no. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, One dude is going to have the ball in his hands at the end of this game. One dude. And that's John Moran. And the last play, this is what's, this is what's amazing about him. He levels off, goes one on wood, spread out the floor with Herb Jones. One of the better perimeter defenders in the league. He acts like he's going to go right. Then he 360 spins to his left. And here's the reason John ja Moran hit that shot. He hung in the air for like two seconds and was able to move the ball around, elevate it. And, and oh, did you see this? The two the two defenders, Herb Jones, oh, yeah. I can't remember who it was. So, they high-fived because yeah. <laughs> they were both going for the ball at the same time and John ja just lifted it up out, bounces off the back of the rim, goes down the net.
1: Mm-hmm. This I don't know, man. Magic. But-
0: I can't think of a time I've been so happy to see the Grizzlies win. I mean, when's the last time you felt that happy watching the Grizzlies?
1: Uh, it's been a minute.
0: I mean, been a I, minute. To, I mean, I go back to the playoffs in 2022, um, the 21-22 season, when we still had DeAnthony Melton and um, Kyle Anderson, and we were uh, playing uh, against the Timberwolves, maybe one or two of those games against the Warriors. I, this yeah. is a regular season game in December and we're all just freaking elated. <laughs> yeah, I guess
1: it is. It's true. It really kind of comes with that level of, uh, because it's like, what was lost has been restored, oh, you know, man.
0: Oh, from your, from your lips to God's ears, yeah. right? Like, so, I mean, what is your, when you, when you sort of pull the frame back and we've had some time to luxuriate in the, yeah yeah in the moment now, like, what do you, what is significant about what happened last night, Marv? Like, why is this such a, an important moment for the franchise?
1: Well, I just think, you know, the, the wayward son, uh, you know, he answered with action, at least from a playing perspective, uh, that he used his time. Well, he stayed ready. Uh, And he stayed focused uh, and, and, you know, he is, and he's determined. And I feel like um, I'd say that most people would agree with the statement as 12 goes, so goes the Grizzlies. Now it's deeper than that. And Jock can't do it alone. Uh, But as, as vocal leader, as, as a mercurial, you know, uh, basketball superstar uh, let's go, you know, it's just uh, he's our guy. We've never had anyone ever on the order of him. And to have him come back like that in the first game back is not just good or great or even fantastic. it's it's the type of confidence boosting, confidence restoring uh reality. Uh, that can galvanize a whole team yeah uh, I, I just like do we need some other players to, co- to come back off the injured reserve list yes but I mean going in and beating a good uh, Pelicans team uh, that's I think maybe playing above what people thought they would this year yeah. Um, it's they're you know, they're they're not a bad team, you know. Right. Uh and we played them on their home floor, still largely depleted. Well, look, think how many other missing pieces we have. Right. Um and they were doing what they sh- probably should have been doing, and had had we had we lost by ten or fifteen, you know, like we'd be talking about like, oh well, you know, do we really expect John Morant to come back to full strength right away? Yeah. you know, give the man some time to knock the rust off. He's got to build up to it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And those would be those would be even fair comments to make, right? Sure. But that didn't happen. He literally. No. Came all the way back talent and production wise (laughs) in one game and won the game at the last second. Like (laughs) again, if it were a movie, if we were trying to pitch something to a Hollywood producer and say, okay, here's this basketball movie and here's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just kind of roll your eyes like, oh, yeah, the star that's been off that you know, he comes back in yeah, his right. first game back, right, he's going right. to win the game. I mean, there's anything that's a little too on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he needs to like earn it and like see him in the weight room and like, yeah. you know, kind of like Rocky running up the steps of Philadelphia or whatever. Yes. He's punching the meat in the meat locker. Yeah, you know, it's like that's what the, the 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 narrative would be expected to be more realistic. Yeah, uh, but so we got the like this like uncommonly. I mean, this is and, and then the look of determination and of like validation on Jaws' face the minute the fucking oh, went in. Oh, I man. mean, I, I mean, it said, "I told you," <laughs> you know. I mean, it just said so much, man. Oh and it's like, that's goodness. what we all wanted to see. We wanted to say yes. our guy, the guy whose hopes were we, we pinned the person upon whom we've pinned our hopes yeah, is back. And he's got that determined look and he just did that stuff. Yeah, You know, he just went in and slayed the beast, came back from 20 some odd points down, man. And uh, it was tough, but it was so satisfying. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Do.
0: Well put Mark.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: I don't think anyone, and I i mean, I can't speak for jaw because I mean, I think he probably always had a sense of uh, confidence in his ability to do exactly that kind of thing. But I know for us mere mortals, I don't think anybody expected that from jaw on his first night. No. I mean, I think many of us, you know, would have expected that, you know, over time, maybe three, four games, you know, he's knocking some mm-hmm. rust off, whatever, mm-hmm. bro. He is in absolute mid season peak form. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, so credit to the Grizzlies organization for keeping him in good shape. Now, I, yeah. I don't know if you saw, I think it was in, was it in the second quarter, or the third quarter, he came off the court and he was absolutely gassed and had to go back to the locker room for a minute. Oh uh, no. And one of our guys yeah. on Twitter, uh, serve your enthusiasm. Um, we haven't had him on the pod, but he was like, he's like, bro, we've all been there. Puke and rally. <laughs> 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 and I just love to think about ja just Like. Just just retching for a second, pounding some Powerade, and then getting back and saving the day. Like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, man. Oh, totally. Oh, that's he was, funny.
0: He was giving it everything he had, man. And just, I mean, it was just inspiring. I mean, Harrington, of course, you know, gets the weekly shout out because we're reading his stuff all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. Harrington talked about how regardless of what happens, the fun will be back in Grizzlies basketball. And there's just no question that that's true. I mean, and now yep. we got news today that Brandon Clark will be back at the All Star break, and and I believe that. So now you're going to get Brandon Clark. I had somehow
1: missed that. Oh, that's incredible.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just came up, you know. some breaking news here on on Memphis. Holy cow! Um, so yeah, I mean, you're starting to see Brandon Clark coming back, bro. We're going to have some alley oops. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's going to be some John Morant to some John and Zaire Williams looked better. And so one of the things that, that I've talked about, right. It's, and I think this is increasingly true in the NBA. You have got to have, you have got to have a great point guard in the NBA. You have to, Mm -hmm. because you have to get people organized. You have to keep them motivated. Right. Mm -hmm. And John Morant is the rare kind of point guard whose elite athleticism opens up so many other opportunities for guys to take easier shots. Like every one of the Grizzlies with the exception of, of Jaron Jackson, Jr. And Desmond Bain look pedestrian at best without John ja Morant on the team. Yeah. I mean, they, and then you suddenly put jaw in there and he's getting Bismack Biombo. Point blank looks Xavier Tillman point blank looks, right? He's kicking mm-hmm. the ball out to Zaire Williams, or he's finding us. He's finding him on a slash on a cut. Like John ja Morant is the guy. There was a term last night. Greg Anthony said, what did he say? He looked, he looked the pass. It was something like he looked the pass into his arms or something like that. Like Ja mm-hmm. can give you just a look and then laser point the ball right to where you need it. Um, mm-hmm. and then you can score. And you heard Jock ja coming back, you know, I was like, well, what do you need to do? He's like, well, we've got some new guys and I just need to, I need to make sure I understand where they want the ball and when they want the ball. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, that's the exponential impact, the exponentially positive impact that a guy like John Moran has on a team like the Grizzlies. So, yeah. so does he solve every problem? No. But, you know, Greg Anthony made a point last night. He said, well, you know, this team has some personnel issues. I really think that that is a dumb thing to say. I, and mm-hmm. all the the national reporting and stuff. And I get so frustrated. La- last night, Pete and Brevin were not even on because the TNT had exclusive rights.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get so frustrated with those kinds of analyses. There is really not a personnel issue with the Grizzlies. The issue with the Grizzlies, right, as I already talked about, as we've talked about ad nausea, four of your top rotation players are out. Mm-hmm. So still to this day, you've got Steven Adams, Luke Kennard, Marcus Smart, Brandon Clark. They're out. Those are four of your top eight guys.
1: Yeah. that's not. I guess you could call that a personnel issue if you go that the issue is injury.
0: But they're saying (laughs) they've got injuries and personnel issues.
1: I I know. No, no, no. I'm just totally being facetious. I I know. Right. Exactly. Uh,
0: But it's like, no, there's not a freaking personnel issue. What the issue is, (laughs) the issue here is that the Grizzlies have been injured. Well, now they've got one piece back. And that one mm -hmm. piece is going to make all the other guys exponentially better. So Marv, right. I think it's, I think it's only up from here, man.
1: Yeah, no, I, um, I, I, then now, now I want to relax back into what is, I think our kind of like more typical mode, which is to start to imagine the heights, right? Yes. I, you know, rather than talking about it, well, how can we kind of salvage and hold on for dear life until 12 comes back? Now we can say, okay, 12's not only back, he's, Back in all caps, 172 point type, yes, uh, with ten exclamation points. So that's great, and he's make he, he's back. He's great, and he's going to make lots of other players better. Exactly. Now we're going to get other players back. So then right. it just becomes, it becomes well, you know, like if if I had to, here's what it allows me a a a vantage point back into hoping for, and yeah. that is that scenario where. We get into the playoffs as the high seed or the low seed, the, the eight seed.
0: Yeah.
1: Or something. Uh, and we're gelling at the right time and playing ferocious basketball. Right. Such right. that such that we were like, Yeah, we'll take out Denver. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. or whatever. And and then anything can happen. So
0: yeah, I
1: mean it's it's a gateway back to my highest hopes. For Now sure. For I sure. still think sure. that. Steven, the you know the loss of Stephen Adams and and the replacing him with Bismack Biambo, uh I, I I don't think that that's not I, I think I think I think he's uh, what is whoever coined the term a simulacrum of of yeah. of, uh, of of him of Steve-O. Right. Uh, I think that's true in some instances. Uh, do I think uh, Jock can find a way to make to to glean additional value out of him? Absolutely. But like, unless sure. we like, I'm not ready yet to start thinking like i don't think we could start thinking championship but i think but i think what we can do is start to think about making the playoffs and and maybe you know it it really all depends on how things break
0: yeah from here on out but for sure for sure Uh, here's 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 what the way i see it is you always need some luck when if you're going to win a championship right um and I mean, I think there's yep. a few exceptions to that, right? Like the dynasty Lakers, you know, the, the Lakers dynastic, uh, teams that you saw, mm. whether it was magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant, um, and the, the golden state warriors teams. I mean, those guys were just flat out more talented, but more often than not, you need some luck yep. Even in Denver, right? Being one of the most talented teams in the league. Well, Jamal Murray went out, right. Blew out his Achilles. Um, and then he had to, it took basically a year and a half to get back. So they needed luck too, right? You need to be lucky to not get injured in this game because it's such a high intensity sport. Yeah. Well, Marv, let's say a few things start to break our way because Lord knows we had our fair share of bad luck already this season. Right. So maybe a few things start to break our way. Maybe some of the 50-50 balls go our way, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. the universe bends a little bit more towards justice for the Grizzlies. Yeah. This season, you just want to be able to compete for a postseason berth. And Mm -hmm. once you're there, you're at the dance. And you can see what's going to happen. I think depending on what the Grizzlies look like in February, they may or may not try to get an upgrade at the center position. Um, mm-hmm. You got to remember, Steven Adams is going to come back next year and he's the best guy for the job. So I i mean, you can't ever predict anything, of course, with injuries, but but you got to hope, right? Yeah. I just think it would be hard to move on from Steven because let's say this season, Right. You you've got a decent chance. Do you package Steve O in a deal and move him out? I think you've got enough contracts to just sit on Steve O, let him give him a year and come back. But bring in Ivicha Zubats. I don't know who you bring in, who can give you a contender level guy at the five, because you got to remember. Your first four options are gonna be John ja Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, and or Vince Williams, depending right on where that's mm-hmm. at. So whoever your five is, you're not gonna rely on him to score. You need him to get rebounds, you need him to set screens, and you need him to be ideally, and this is where Steve O really excels, a facilitator at the elbow. Yeah. yeah. So so you don't need a world breaking center. You don't need Joel Embiid on the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. You don't need, yeah. um, uh, Jokic, you don't need Nikola Jokic. You, so, so can you get a guy for $12 million a year uh, at the trade deadline, if things are looking good, if not still battle, get into the playoffs, go as deep as you can learn as much as you can get more battle tested. And then you come back, everybody's 25 years old, Marv, and you've got your starting center back who who does make you a championship contender. Yep. And you've got all these guys under contract for at least two more years together. So, right. So I am already, and, and, and the national media is already saying this too, Marv, Grizzlies need, are moving back towards that title contender status, not just because John Morant came back, but because as all these pieces roll back into the team, you can already see when you have a top five uh, world talent on your team, you have a chance to win every night. Well, then you add one of the best three-point shooter, three shooters in the league, Luke Kennard. You add a former defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. You add one of the best finishers above the rim before his injury, Brandon Clark, and now you start to see the makings of a true team. All these guys are on our team and under contract. They're just freaking injured. Right. So, I mean, who knows what we can do this year? I know, man. All those guys except Steve-O will be back by the all-star break. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're wrong to begin having some more lofty aspirations for this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's man. Is it ever good to be back in this territory? Because like, you know, I was I was tired of Dole from City.
0: <laughs> that was rough, man, especially <laughs> since we weren't anticipating that at the start of the season, and we're trying know, to know, trying to make uh, it work. We do this for the love of it, but, right? So sure. Well, Marv, um, we'll let folks know what the Grizzlies schedule is looking like. Um, the Grizzlies will return back home to FedEx Forum on tomorrow night, Thursday night, December twenty first. Tickets as low as. That's pretty high given where tickets have been. I know you've been able to get tickets for five bucks. Those days are over
1: cheap seats. Number 12
0: is back. Um, So go check out the Grizzlies tomorrow night. Um, Indiana comes to town and you'll get to see Tyrese Halliburton squaring off with John Morant. I like Tyrese Halliburton. I loved watching him play in FIBA ball. He's not better than John Morant. So hopefully some of those conversations will, but he's
1: not bad. So we got to watch. We got to guard him.
0: Listen. Yes. Oh yeah. You've got to guard him. (laughs) And Marcus Smart might be back, so put Marcus on that guy.
1: Oh, man. Grizzlies will be
0: in Atlanta uh, the night before Christmas Eve, Saturday, December 23rd um, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Then they will go back to New Orleans on Tuesday, December 26th, where they'll get a rematch with Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum, our old friend Jonas Valanciunas. Um, and, uh, the crew. So Marv, um, those are the next three games, um, that we will watch for the Grizzlies, Indiana, Atlanta, and new Orleans. Um, any predictions? How do you think those next three games will go?
1: Um, mm, if I'm worried about anything, it's the, it's the,
0: I'm not worried. I think we can win them all. Honestly. Yeah. I think we can too. Um, I think that the, I think Indiana has been pretty good this year. Um, we just, we just fought new Orleans, right. All the way, um, you know, to the end, if we, if we get Luke Kennard and or Marcus smart back, I like our odds. Um, but I think the Grizzlies go two and one over that three game stretch. Um, and I think they will win at a pace of basically two to one, um, over the final stretch of the season. I really believe Mm -hmm. that. And I think that Mm -hmm. they will be contending for a play in spot. Um, even after taking the mulligan in the first 25 games. Um, so we'll see, we'll check back in with you all. I will be in Tacoma, Washington with my family next week, but Marv we'll touch base and see if we can even do just maybe a, a little short Memphis hardwood update, because sure. I, th- I think the excitement is going to be coming fast and furious and Hey, yeah. we don't want to miss out even on a week of action.
1: No, man, we got to, we got to stay on top of things. No doubt. It's I mean, we, uh, even we if stay it's in the it, with room. all with all the Christmas hustle and bustle. Yeah. We got to crash those boards.
0: Well, uh, we do. We got to crash the boards. Got to get your nose on the rim. Got to go for all the loose balls. Can't let any 50-50 balls Mm -hmm. squirrel out of our grasp right now because the Grizzlies need every single win from here to the finish. But, boy, we're off to a good start.
1: That's right. Marv,
0: thanks for joining me, my brother.
1: Always such a pleasure. Go Grizzlies.
0: Go Grizzlies, and we thank each and every one of you all for tuning in every week. We are glad to be here with you on Memphis Hardwood. Glad to see the Grizzlies getting back into their winning ways. Definitely go to FedEx Forum tomorrow night, 7 p.m. tip against Indiana. Check out Tyrese Halliburton. Who knows? Maybe we'll have Marcus Smart back for the affair. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you next time on Memphis Hardwood.